Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're back in the book of Genesis. We're going to be back in Genesis chapter 29, starting in verse 31. And uh, as we saw before, um, Jacob, the old deceiver, has been deceived by Uncle Laban, a deceiver as well. And so after working seven years for Laban to get Rachel, he ends up with Lee. And he doesn't find out. Uh, until the next morning after his wedding night because it was so dark in the tent. And so after he had uh, been intimate with his new wife, he discovers it's not uh, Rachel at all. It's Lee. So he's been deceived. So in order to get uh, uh, his wife, uh, Rachel, whom he whom he really wanted, um, he had to work another seven years. So he works 14 years. And as we said before, ironically, he had cheated his brother out of his birthright, pretending to be the oldest. Now it's interesting that um, the, it's almost like when the chickens come home to roost, as McGee says, uh, you know, when the, when the ramifications of your own actions come to bear, uh, it's ironic a lot of times that we see uh, that... Uh, Things play out in the ironies of our bad actions. And so he gets cheated in the same way. You want to be the oldest? Now you get the oldest. So you get the oldest wife, and then you have to work to get the second born. So uh, verse 31, when the Lord um, saw that Lee was hated. Now you kind of imagine that um, Rachel and uh, Jacob kind of felt like Uncle Laban, you know, tricked him, but also maybe Lee tricked him because Lee knew that Rachel was getting ready to get married, and but she wanted a husband too. She wanted her own children too. So, you know, she had to be in on the game just like Jacob was in on the game. So, you know, the natural reaction is, how could you do this? You know, we were we were in like marital bliss. This is my wedding ceremony and you've ruined it, you know, so... Um, they hated Lee, but, uh, when the Lord saw that Lee was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was 
barren. So, you know, a lot of this, you know, Jacob doesn't doesn't really have any feelings for what he did to his brother and so uh the oldest and now he's sort of seeing um the same thing. He doesn't really have any feelings uh, you know, his feelings are raw for what somebody has done to him. So, again, he doesn't have a lot of insight into <clears throat> some of his own actions, but he's having to deal with it. And so, in any event, uh, instead of loving his wife, uh, Lee, he hates her. And he allows the hatred of Lee to persist in his wife, Rachel. You know, he should have put a stop to that. Most likely, I would think, but but he allows that to happen. So you've got two wives hating one another, just like his brother Esau is hating him back home. So the 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 family strife here is just terrible, and um, and the reason he's in this land anyway is that his brother back in Canaan hates him there. So. Um, when the Lord saw that Lee was hated, he opened her womb, and Rachel was barren. And Lee conceived and bore a son. Now, Lee's going to bear four sons to to um, Jacob, and that must have made Rachel even madder. So he named uh, his name Reuben, for, uh, she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, uh, for now my husband will love me. So she conceived and bore a son, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he will give me this son also, and she called his name uh, Simeon. And again she conceived a son, and now this time my husband is attached uh, will be attached to me because I've borne him three sons. Therefore, this name was Levi. And she conceived and bore a son and said, This time I'll praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. And then she ceased bearing. And I believe that from the line of Judah comes the line of Jesus. That's what I think. But I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but in any event, that is from the line of... Uh, I may be wrong on that, but uh, you get this uh, um, line of Judah here. Okay, now, chapter 30, we are going here. Um, now we're sort of leaving, and then this is this is where we get uh, just a lot of different sons being born. Because cause you, you're going to have Jacob, and Lee bears four sons, and then she switches over to uh, um, her servant, and she allows Jacob to bear sons through the servant Zilpah, and he, she bears four sons. That's eight sons. And then Rachel bears one son naturally herself, and it, you know, finally at the end. And then through her servant Billa, um, you get two sons from her servant. So you get 11 sons. Now, uh, Lee's servant Zilpah also bears one daughter, Diana. So you got a uh, Eleven sons, one daughter. So that's what we're getting ready to see. So we'll kind of move through this fairly quickly because it's just a lot of people being born. <laughs> so um, Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children. Okay, so she's obviously mad and upset. She envied her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. So he gets mad at his wife. He says, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the, the fruit of the womb? Then she said, Here's my servant Bella. Go into her that she may give 
birth on my behalf, even that even I may have children through her. So they're they're getting they're arguing, they're getting upset with one another, and uh, so Rachel basically does the same thing to uh, Jacob that Sarah did to uh, Abraham, offering up the servant, trying to force God's hand. Rachel knows that the the promise of of uh, of God is coming through Jacob's line and she wants to she's knowing that she's missing out on this great promise you know she's probably been hearing all about it you know she was waiting all this time to to marry him and and be a part of this great promise and it's not going to happen you know my wedding has been messed up now my family is being messed up you know and she's probably bitter so Bella conceived and bore Jacob a son uh, then Rachel said, God has judged me. He's heard my voice. I'm going to call his name Dan. Then Bella conceives again, and they call his name uh, Nepalti. Maybe I'm mispronouncing that. So then Lee, meanwhile, saw that she had ceased bearing, so she took her servant Zilpah, gave her to Jacob as a wife. Okay, so I, I wonder if these sisters are sort of competing now with one another, because she's just... You know, had four sons. Now you've got uh, Rachel walking around with two new sons, through, although it's through the servant girl. So now she says, okay, well, she's catching up. I'm going to get my servant girl. So she gives Zilpah to Jacob as a wife, and then she bears Gad and Asher. Okay, two more sons. And in the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben went and found some mandrakes. So Reuben is um, the firstborn of Lee. Okay, so he's probably old enough to be walking around. So he goes and finds some mandrakes in the field. Now, a mandrake, I believe, is a kind of a fruit. And so then Rachel says to Lee, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. And I don't know if she's just really, really hungry, sort of like Esau was really, really hungry for soup, or... Was it just the fact that she's thinking maybe this will help with my fertility? I don't know. My study Bible says we don't know. But in any event, she really wants the mandrakes. Verse 15, but she said to her, is it a small matter that you take away my husband? Would you, would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Look how they're just so petty and so argumentative. Okay? So, um... So Lee is sort of replying, like, you know, she's hated already, and now she's bickering with her, you know, sister Rachel. You're going to take away my son's mandrakes? you can take away my husband? So Rachel said, then he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. Okay? So basically, Rachel's trading her husband Jacob for some fruit. Weird. I don't know. Maybe she's thinking these mandrakes are going to help her with her fertility. Who knows? Maybe, but she's making the trade. So they're kind of bargaining. They're bargaining for the mandrakes, and they're using Jacob as the bargaining chips to get the mandrakes. Okay, so then Jacob comes home from the field. Lee went out to meet him and, and said, You must come into me, for I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her, God listened to Lee, and she conceived and bore Jacob, bore Jacob a fifth son. 
and she called his name Ish- Ishgar. So Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son and called his name Zebulun. And afterwards she bore a daughter named her Diana. Dinah. Dinah. Yeah. Okay. So then you've got God remembering Rachel. God listened to her. And I don't know if by this time she was praying, but it says God did listen to her. And he opened her womb and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She called his name Joseph. And I think that means add to another son. So this would have been the 11th son. Four sons to Lee. Four sons to Zilpah, Lee's servant girl. One son to Rachel and two to Billa, um, Rachel's servant girl. Not including the one daughter, Dinah, um, from Lee's son, Zilpah. Okay, if that makes sense. So now you've got Rachel had, uh, as soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away. I may go to my home country. Give me my wives, my children, for whom I've served you, that I may go. Um, for you know the service I've given you. Okay, so Jacob's now ready to go. It's time to go home. Verse 27, But Laban said, I have found favor in your sight. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages, and I will give it. In other words, Laban knows that... that um, Jacob has made him very rich. Probably did God blessed Jacob in the livestock department, made him very rich. So he's saying, I don't want you to go. Stay here and keep making me rich, and I'll give you your price, whatever your wages are going to be. Serve me here. Jacob said to him, You yourself know how I've served you and how your livestock has fared with me, for you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? He said, look, I've worn, I've worked out here for you 14 years. It's time for me to worry about my household now. I got kids running. I got 11 sons. He said, what shall I give you? Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you do this for me, I will again pass to your flock and keep it. Okay, so now Jacob is wheeling and dealing. He wants to go home, but I don't think he can resist the deal. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb and spotted and speckled among the goats, and they shall be my wages. Okay, so let me have all the spotted animals and the black sheep. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come and look at my wages with you. <clears throat> so in other words, you don't have to pay me anything. Let me just take these animals and I will let them, I will work these animals and let that be my wages. Okay, and so verse 34, Laban eventually says, good, let it be as you have said, but the trickster Laban, he was up to no good. Later that day, Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted and everyone that had white on it and every lamb that was black and put them in charge of his sons. So he goes out there and sneakily removes them all. So Jacob's not going to get a lot of stuff. Jacob can't resist the deal. 
and Laban can't resist the cheat. And he set a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob. Okay? And Jacob pastured the rest of Laban's flock. Okay. So so Laban tries to do this, the double cross again. He removes all these animals that were supposed to be Jacob's, and he sets them three days away so Jacob won't see him. Okay? So then Jacob took fresh pieces of poplar and almond and plain trees and peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the sticks. And he set the sticks that he had peeled in front of the flocks in the trough, that is, the watering places where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred where they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of these speckled sticks so that the flocks brought forth striped and speckled and spotted. So in other words, Jacob doesn't have any more speckled animals now. Laban's took them all away. So he's, for whatever reason... He peels away the bark from some of these sticks, and it makes them look speckled. And when they're going to drink in the water, they're breeding by the water. And because these animals are looking at these speckled sticks, the animals that these, you know, the offspring of these animals, he's hoping are going to be speckled. All right. And Jacob separated the lamb and set the faces of the flocks toward the stripe and all the black in the flocks of Laban. And he put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Okay, so whenever he's getting speckled animals now, he's separating them. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob would lay the sticks and the troughs before the eyes of the flock that they might breed among the sticks. But for the feebler of the flock, he would not lay them there. So the feebler would be Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. In other words, Jacob is using this these speckled sticks to sort of selectively breed out stronger and stronger uh, animals. And he's holding those for himself. Okay, and then, of course, Laban's would be the weaker, non-spotted animals. And you could instantly see whose was whose. Okay, thus the man increased greatly. Um, so this, um, so Jacob's flock increased greatly and had large flocks, female servants, male servants, camels and donkeys. Okay, so Jacob becomes very, very wealthy, selectively breeding out the flock. Okay, so he manages to outsmart the double cross. Verse 31 now Jacob, I mean, chapter 31. Now, here we are. Jacob has 11 sons, one daughter, very, very wealthy, sort of analogous to Abraham a little bit now. Chapter 31. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob is taking all that our, was our father's, and from what was our father's, he's gained all this this wealth. Okay, so now Jacob gets sort of the flavor that Laban's sons are jealous. You know, maybe Laban's getting a little older in years, too. So, you know, he's kind of saying, I think it's time to move on, you know. Verse 2, And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Jacob, uh, Laban's getting older, his sons are getting jealous, and he's he's not being blessed with wealth anymore like he was. He's just watching... He's just watching Jacob getting wealthy instead of him getting wealthy. So 
He, you know, he, even his own son-in-law, he's not as proud of him. <clears throat> These guys are so into themselves, aren't they? Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. Okay, so now God is calling Jacob to go home. Time to go home. And for whatever reason, Jacob is listening, or Jacob is hearing. His heart is changing. Maybe he's not, you know, uh, the monetary guy, you know. It must have been tempting to stay. You know, watching God just bless you like this and seeing all your multitude of flocks and all the wealth that you're getting, you know. It must be really tempting. But Jacob says, time to go home. So Jacob went and called Rachel and Lee into the field where his flock was and said to them, I see your father does not regard me with favor as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. Okay, so now he's having a family meeting. And isn't it interesting? He's calling Rachel and Lee. Okay, so he's telling them both, "We gotta, we it's time to go." And he's he's calling them both. So, and isn't it interesting also that he calls the God of my father? He doesn't say my God. He maybe he's still not feeling that God is somebody who is he's loyal to. Even though he's done all these things, and even though he has this promise of God, and all the different things that has gone on with his grandfather and his father, you know, Jacob is still, you know, not completely trusting God, I would believe, even though God has just been blessing him. The God of my father has been with me. You know that I've served your father with all. My strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. So this is where we're going to stop. We've covered a lot of ground, a lot of dysfunctional family stuff here. Um, but we see God blessing Jacob. But God is using the dysfunction in people, the mistakes people make, for his purposes. Doesn't seem right, doesn't seem fair in some ways. Why would God let Rebecca lose out on her wedding and her family and children? Why would God use Jacob, this guy who's just thinking about money, in double-crossing, why would God use Laban, the ultimate double-crosser? And all these different people, born to slaves or servant people, and intertwined all of this with the natural wives. You've got wives and servants, and everybody's having, you know, sons. And this is the family this is the family lineage of the nation Israel, you know. God's using all this broken people to do his work. So, we're going to stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today on this study. 
God bless you all, and as always, keep your heart centered on Christ.